Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Rotor World Football Show. I am Patrick Darty, joined as always by Danny Carter. A lot going on. It is August 21st. We are nearing the heart of draft season. We just had another preseason weekend in the books. A lot of notable performances. We're going to talk about several of them today. We're going to talk about Sky Moore. We're going to talk about Javante Williams returning. We're going to talk about Devin A. Shane getting injured. Notable performances from Jalen Warren, from Damian Pierce. Some guys we might not have time to get to. Like We're probably not going to have time to get to Cedric Tillman. He had a notable performance. Blurbs on everyone up on the site. Check that out. Denny has a, an article that's going to – that dovetails a lot of stuff we're talking about today, but late-round running back targets if you're a zero RB sicko. That's drafter, right. Which Denny is and which he claims that people – Still harass him about daily. Um, Denny, what's going on? Are you getting yelled at on the street at the bus stop? So on. I Yes, yes. People are lined up at my door. And what I'm doing is I'm opening the door. They're slapping me in the face. And then I go ice it up a little bit. And then the next person slaps me. So, <laughs> uh, and this is, this is after I posted my Apex League, Writers League, one of my favorite mm-hmm. leagues every year. You're in it, along with other notable folks. And, the draft and, is uh, half over. <laughs> we we started on Memorial Day, yeah. and uh, we're, uh, we're almost there. Yeah, um, we're getting closer. Anyway, uh, yeah. So I posted my roster, and honestly, I mean, really, I'm not. I was not trying to be provocative. I really thought that it, it looked good. It looked good to me, you know. So I have, you know, guys, you may have heard of Amon Ross St. Brown, trash, Devontae. Dev- <laughs> I wanted to say trash talk five straight. <laughs> Devontae Smith as my trash, wide obviously. DJ Moore as my wide receiver. You want to talk about talk about trash? Never even had twelve hundred yards. Trash. I I got, I got Aaron Jones at five eleven. Okay? You did just you drafted three straight receivers who've never reached twelve hundred yards. I do hope you realize that. Maybe your team actually is trash, Denny. <laughs> no, it's not. It sounds pretty good. <laughs> could be. Could be. Look, it's full PPR. You can start up to four uh four receivers. And I'm gonna use a term, you know, and I'm sorry if there are kids listening, but the uh, the term for a draft where everybody's taking wide receivers is it's a draft full of piss boys. Okay. Yeah, it and, is. And and that's and that's what it is. I mean, you you have to go hard at receiver or you end up with, you know, I don't know, like Rashad Bateman as your wide receiver one. You know, like that's just the way these kind of drafts go. Like this is a sick, sick draft. Okay, it like is. these people, these people are not well, including myself. No. And no, I, and so you know, people, well, you you know, you're you're missing your running back. I've been posting these drafts for years and years and years, Pat, and still it's the same thing every time. Where's your first round pick? This is always the question <laughs> that comes up because. <laughs> You don't have Derrick Henry. You don't have CMC. You don't have Eckler. Where was your first round pick? I can't identify it because there are no good running backs on the roster. The only exception they ever make is for Travis Kelsey. If you have Travis Kelsey, then you have a first round pick, according to them. But none of your receivers. This league is truly sick. I'm in it. The first 47 picks. um, So I had my fourth pick was number 47 overall. It was my third receiver. I was already reduced to taking Chris Godwin. Yeah. You want to (laughs) know? Where yeah. this is at. Uh, Calvin Ridley is my wide receiver, too. I had the number two overall pick, went chalk with Jamar Chase. And by the time it got back to me, uh, quite literally the best receiver remaining was Calvin Ridley. Yes. And like, this, like this the 25th overall pick. 
It's absolutely insane. And, yeah. and and therefore running back ADP is completely wiped off the face of the earth. Right. So you, you can get, I don't know. I got James cook in like the seventh or eighth round or something like yeah. you, you know, you can get those kind of, so I, so that's why I thought, I thought Oh, yeah, this finally is said a good player, by the way. I, I mm. thought <laughs> I don't have any good play. I never said I had good players. I just said I had players on my team, but I thought that this was the one where people would be like, Oh, 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 I get it. Yeah. This is pretty good. But I am I am getting destroyed on Elon's site right now. Yeah, with with Amonra, Devontae Smith, and um, Terry McLaurin and DJ Moore, like you got four. Yeah, you do kind of lack a true alpha, but you have like four top twenty receivers. Amonra is not a true alpha. Come no, on. I've actually been dabbling and saying Amonra is going to be a bust. Oh, but, wow. Um, I haven't gotten there. He's, I, I, he's not going to be is why I haven't done it. That's why I haven't gotten around to it. Uh, I, he's one I of those just, dumb I've, thoughts. They have nowhere else to go. This no, is it. Like that's their whole offense is, is just, is it's just dumping it off to him. That's it. The only problem is uh, yeah. hopefully he doesn't get hurt. Hopefully it's not like a Debo situation where he's getting so many touches and like touches close to the line of scrimmage. Yeah. Where there's so many defenders stacked up. That right. is one of the only things I worry about with Monroe. But yeah, the reason I have not, uh, dabble with the take publicly is going to be a bust is because he's not. That's why, <laughs> that's why I have not. And that's uh, a good reason. That's a good reason. I, I I get it. Look, it's it's ugly. Parts of the roster are ugly. I have Kirk Cousins as my quarterback. Okay. I said just last week on this on this very podcast, I said if you want to finish fifth in your fantasy league, you take Kirk Cousins. Okay. So I'm I've locked down fifth place in this league. Uh, I, I have Tyler Higby as my tight end. So I do understand the issue with the roster, but I feel like the solid parts of the roster are being completely overlooked. Denny, I actually can't even believe this. Um, I came up on the clock in the Superflex mock draft we were doing for the Fantasy Football Happy Hour, and right before we went live, I told you I was about to take Russell Wilson yeah. as my second quarterback. Yeah. And there was only like five picks between me and my next pick, and he just went. To Chris well, Wilson, who Chris, uh, hope you're listening. <laughs> hope you like being fired. <laughs> <laughs> hope, you, uh, hope you like that, Chris. Um, oh man. Yeah. Well, um, look, I'm uh, this this we're in a super flex league uh, right right now with with some NBC folks, and it is the sickest quarterback early round thing I've ever seen in my life. You guys are out of your minds with quarterback. I was going to take Russ. I'm not doing it. Now. I'm going to pick live on air, even though this is not compelling whatsoever. Oh, it's so it, people, um, people like this. It's fine. People who, like uh, Amari Cooper, Deandre Hopkins, Terry McLaurin, DJ Moore. I mean, I'd go more, but I know you hate more. So. No, no. I first of all, I quite literally, I've been accused of like loving more way too much year after year after year, but not this year. Not this year, no. I, you're, you're gonna you're gonna bail just before he has fourteen hundred yards and ten touchdowns. I think you just you really did just like goad me into going back in. I think I'm, gonna, I'm doing it. I just All did right. it. Oh, I forgot. You click on sleeper, they just automatically pick. It doesn't say, "Are you sure?" Um, oh, bad news! You're on the clock. <laughs> what, yeah, and and you I just, just took her. you sniped me. What do you mean I sniped? I was you? I was, ca- I was hoping Carr would fall eighteen more picks. You just sniped me. That's a snipe. No, I'm well, I'm a little I'm a little hard up on quarterback yeah. right now. I have zero quarterbacks. Everybody else has six quarterbacks on the roster. I need to get one. You it's did super- not. You needed a quarterback. And what you need to do is get our draft guide where you can read about this draft when it is finished. With the NFL season quickly approaching, now is the perfect time to get your Roto World Fantasy Football Draft Guide. 
Get ready for your draft and stay one step ahead of your league during the preseason with updated player rankings, profiles, projections, mock drafts, and more. Go to NBCSports.com slash draft guide and use promo code draft 2023 to save 20% off a checkout. That is NBCSports.com slash draft guide, promo code draft 2023 to save 20% off a checkout. But it's not a joke. We will have a review of this draft, the Superflex Fantasy Football Happy Hour draft, which they are talking about on the Fantasy Football Happy Hour over on Peacock yeah. and YouTube. Please check that out. I hope they are burying Denny, who's QB1. Is yeah, <laughs> they, they'll probably bury me. But you know what? Uh, I'm right. I'm Never regretting, better. really regretting waiting on my second quarterback. And I do have Joe Burrow, who really hope his calf is working. I, I, I do. One. I do. Yes, I, I hope that for you, too. Uh, I do want to emphasize that I started this super flex draft with Justin Jefferson, Stefan Diggs, and Josh Jacobs. So I got three first rounders. Sucks. 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 <laughs> I got three first rounders on my team. So I think that that's okay. It's amazing. It's interesting. You said Josh Jacobs, where we finally got a report Sunday night from the Las Vegas review journal that he plans to report to the Raiders before week one. This was the most likely outcome all along. But we had never had anyone reporting anything to that effect. We had still been kind of sitting and guessing with Josh Jacobs. Was he the guy? You know, every three or four years, you get a player like willing to go like the distance yeah. to miss some regular season games. It's reportedly not going to be Josh Jacobs. We also know anecdotally. Again, I say keep saying this every show. I, mean, I know there's empirical data on like holdouts. You can probably find something in Rotoviz or something. Maybe an old Roto World article on it. To be honest, anecdotally, a lot of times the holdouts come. And, you know, the touches are limited to start the year. They're, they're not out of shape these days. They're always in amazing shape, but yeah. like they're out of game shape, which is like a very real thing. It seems like you got to like, like take those hits and padded practices and maybe a few in the preseason. So there are little reasons to be wary, but Josh Jacobs is ADP just like stayed reasonable all summer, like right on that RB one, two borderline. Are you comfortable with Josh Jacobs last year's yards from scrimmage leader as an RB one provided this report is true, and he does report before week one. Yeah, I mean, if everything works out the way that this report says, then yeah, I think I am. I I just think I think you once said that uh, Josh McDaniel's only good idea before shooting <laughs> Josh. Josh <laughs> and two, it was after several other bad ideas. Because remember, last off season, all summer, I was like, Zamir White is yeah, this committee now. Yeah, it's a committee. Just face it, it's a committee. Hey. And then they had Josh Jacobs playing the entire Hall of Fame game. Right? <laughs> they did. He did. I think believe he actually did play in the Hall of Fame game. So, yeah. And so we're like, oh, okay, so it's like Josh Jacobs not going to make the roster, basically. And he ends up being maybe the most valuable pound for pound pick in all of fantasy last year. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I just I don't see a, a way around the Raiders not just force feeding him again this year. And yeah, I mean, maybe he'll have a little rust in the early season, but the volume wise, I just don't think that you can fall on your face too badly here. I, I, he's going to RB nine. I'm very comfortable there. He just does all the things RB ones do where he has goal line touches. He catches passes. Right. He has just raw carry volume, really not any indication. The Raiders like tried to put on a brave face and talk up Zamir White a little before training camp. <laughs> that is not like maintained through the summer. I've heard almost nothing about Zamir White or yeah. like Amir Abdullah, I think is still on the Raiders 53 man roster. They have been waiting very patiently for Josh Jacobs and Josh Jacobs is weird. He didn't last year. He started out with 11 touches and then 20 in week two, then only 18 in week three. But from then on, it was over 20 almost every week. And 
I, I just, especially with Jimmy Garoppolo, who is somehow a downgrade from Derek Carr. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't see any way the touches decrease for Josh. Josh Jacobs now, the key for Josh Jacobs last year was the first year where he, first year, quite literally first year where he appeared in every game. And also the first year where he just wasn't playing hurt for a while. Josh Jacobs doesn't usually miss many games, but he like plays hurt a lot. And he's usually been ineffective playing hurt. Now, does raise the possibility last year was a major outlier for Josh Jacobs. 340 carries. My God. It is a lot. It is a lot. But I, I, I don't see any way, knock on wood, um, famous last words, that if he is appears in 15, 16 games, that he is not in the top 12 at running back. Yeah, I, they just don't. I mean, outside of Devontae Adams, they just don't really have many options. Even if they like want to punish Josh Jacobs, you know, and like be like, we don't need you. They, they need him desperately. So I would take him over Derrick Henry. Um, I definitely over Najee Harris, definitely over ETN. I'm I'm just listing guys around him. I I don't think I'm taking him over Jonathan Taylor, assuming Taylor comes back. I'm not either. Would you take him over Tony Pollard? Oh man, that's a tough one. I, 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 I'm definitely on an Island with my Pollard skepticism and I'm probably overthinking it, but yes, I would take him over Pollard. It is an interesting debate. I would take Pollard, who is on the cover of our magazine. I know. I know. You you put me in a very difficult pretty position. Inter- very, pretty interesting, huh? <laughs> pretty interesting, folks. Uh, but Pollard, I see the, the, the bear case on Pollard, but I do believe more in the bull case. I think Jacobs Taylor is maybe the most fascinating debate of the summer. Yeah. And... I mean, at this point, I almost air Jacobs. Taylor's ADP has remained higher than Jacobs, but he's back with the team, still not practicing, still on the pup list, still getting very paternalistic lectures from Jim Irsay. Like yeah. Jim Irsay tried a new paternalistic lecture to like make the first one seem less bad, and I felt like it was just as bad. Yeah, um, he should just weekend. stop with the lectures. He should just stop. But, so, someone needs to just put him on the bus, on his bus. His and own just, bus. Yeah, and, and give him a non-working phone and a non-working <laughs> you know, microphone and be like – The Jerry Jones go. plan. That's what they do with Jerry every summer. Like, that's and, what they had to do to get Ezekiel Elliott away from They him. always forget, though, that Jerry is three, somehow has three landlines on his bus um, <laughs> and he can still call into the radio and be like, we're going to sign Zeke. He he has a he has a rotary phone on which he yeah. operates the team. I have no idea how this landline works on his bus. Um, <laughs> Zoomers don't remember how landlines work, but they were in the land. No, um, and the bus just goes, and he has a landline, and he calls in to a Dallas talk radio station and signs Zeke live on air. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, how it works. The Cowboys have just traded for Ezekiel. Elliott. They have they have <laughs> traded a first round pick for Ezekiel. Elliott. That has not <laughs> happened. But Josh Jacobs. We hope is back. When someone else we hope is back, we hope is back for week one is Cooper Cup. He's mm-hmm. almost back from his hamstring injury. Sean McVay said Sunday the plan is for Cooper Cup to resume practicing this week. That would make it a three-week absence. I guess that's kind of on the short side for a summer hamstring injury because it stands the reason they exercised all the caution imaginable and that he maybe could have returned last week or at the regular season uh, so I'm going to assume he's healthy. Are you going to assume he's healthy? And Cooper Cup, uh, I mean, talk about an arbitrary number, but uh, a guy who has only exceeded 1,200 yards one time ever. It was one of the greatest receiving seasons in NFL history. He has his hamstring injury now on his resume. He has a torn ACL on his resume. What was the last – I forget last year. It was a high ankle sprain. I believe it was a severe yeah. ankle injury last year. Yeah. Lengthening injury history. He's going to be 30. He has one really monster outlier season. 
Are you still comfortable with Cooper Cup as a top five overall selection in fantasy drafts, Denny? I I take Tyreek Hill over him. Um, I guess I should say that. You know, if I, no, I'm not comfortable as a top five, but shortly after that, I'm comfortable. You know, like it's just really hard to find a guy. You talked about how Jacobs has does everything that a running back one does. Well, Cooper Cup is the entire LA offense. Like he is their run game with the shorts, the, the, the short screens. He's their downfield game with with the occasional long ball. He's also their only green zone weapon inside the 10. He led the league in targets during his big like 2021 season. And he was among the leaders before his ankle injury in 2022. So that that's like the Rams only plan is like, you know, we're, we're going to get it to Cooper cup that that's it. And so, you know, say what you will about Sean McVay being an offensive genius and basing his entire thing on a 30 year old receiver who's injured all the time. But you know he he get it's just too valuable of a role to turn down. The red zone thing is what really sticks out. Where that's a great point. He does everything a wide receiver one does. Where he compiles, he makes explosive plays, he scores touchdowns, and just no competition whatsoever. Tyler Higby, I looked it up while you were talking. How many career touchdowns do you think Tyler Higby has? He's been <laughs> in the NFL for seven seasons. Denny, he has completed seven seasons. How many touchdowns do you think Tyler Higby has? Well, he had that stretch where he scored like 10 in four games. So I'm going to say 14. He has 20 career touchdowns with a career high of five. Um, Tyler Higby has never scored more than five touchdowns in a season. And That's then it's like, who? It's Van Jefferson. Tutu Atwell is not becoming the red zone threat. Cam oh. Akers is not going to become a red zone receiving threat. It, it, the only hole to poke in Cooper Cup's argument is the injuries. It's a pretty bad injury resume at this point. It is. Um, it's it's it, it's not 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 very hopeful. I don't think going forward. But I I I am taking him in the first round. I, I I would say you curiously didn't mention Puka Nakua. I did uh, not. Who has continued to get praise yeah. at camp? Yeah, Cooper Cup two really bad lower. What do you call that? Like a. Lower what do you body call it? when it's a structural and structural injury? Oh, yeah. But two bad lower body injuries. Now a soft tissue injury, like yeah. to like welcome in the season. Uh, turning 30 years old on, on, oh, hey, oh that's Cooper Cup. Uh, excuse me. Tyler Higby is already 30. He's Cooper Cup's already 32. Oh my goodness. Um, we're down bad. I thought, I thought he was a little older. Yeah. 32. Cause he entered the league at like 25. He was 24 as a rookie playing on the red field at Eastern Washington ages you two years. And um, <laughs> And people, the the analytics folks hated Cooper Cup. I just want to be. They did. About that. So you're hoping that Puka Nakua is Cooper Cup 2.0? Uh, we're you know we we can't we can't dream that big. But I, I think I think another cup injury and in Nakua becomes very interesting in a again in a Rams offense that has nobody. Really, really bad news, Denny. BYU where Puka Nakua is entering the league out of field was green. It wasn't blue or red. Um, not analytics. He's right, not an never analytic mind. friendly pick. Speaking of not analytics, uh, no, that was a great way for this. That's <laughs> okay. We can. Javante Williams was like the controversial player all summer. Uh, it seemed like he was for sure going to be back after Brees Hall. The other like young running back ACL case where it seemed like Brees would be back and ready by week one. All indications were that Javante Williams would not be ready by week one or would be like severely limited if he were. But he's not only back, he's playing in preseason games. Brees Hall still isn't practicing in team drills. 
Um, he had 12 carries – or no, excuse me, he had only three carries, but he caught four balls over the weekend against the 49ers. Javante Williams, is he getting how, – how much more interesting is he getting to you? Would you consider him an RB2 at this point? I mean, Sean Payton we know can print money uh, with his pass-catching role, but we also know that's probably Samaji Purine. Just how is Javante Williams changing the narrative for you, appearing much healthier than we were expecting in August? Yeah, I mean, I guess I guess he's back. A uh, little surprising as someone who faded him all all year in best ball. But what Which can I do? do? I wrote, I forgot to read. I, I Part of my intro, I wrote, are Samaji Pirine truthers in shambles? I am, uh, I'm, I'm falling apart at the seams at the... <laughs> at the mere mention of Javante Williams being perfectly, apparently perfectly fine. And, and, I, and I am happy for him. Obviously he's a great talent. Um, so just, just uh, to review what happened with the Broncos against the Niners this past weekend, Javante started the game and split time with P Ryan Williams played 12 snaps to P Ryan's five on first and second downs with the Broncos uh, starters. While Samaj P Ryan played six of the seven third down snaps. So it's pretty clear the P Ryan is going to have that third down role, like pass protection outlets type stuff for Russell Wilson. Um, you know, even though Williams was not used on third downs, he, he caught four of five targets, uh, didn't do anything with them, but you know, I mean, that doesn't really matter too much in the preseason, especially. So, you know, I, I, you're right. I mean, Sean Payton loves, loves the, 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 the check down loves. Uh, we saw that with Pierre Thomas, in in uh new orleans the zoomers won't remember we saw obviously with with alvin kamara maybe maybe we see it with javante that 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 could kind of boost his overall all overall profile even if he does split time with piran everyone remembers the pierre thomas he had some really really crazy third down but I, I was hoping i could remember who it was and i did he remember when he signed tim hightower and he was just like randomly. I don't know. I don't think he ever became like the pass catching back. Actually, well, but high, but he went crazy in the fantasy playoffs. That's right. That's right. I don't remember if that was actually as a pass catcher. So I kind of I was about to make a dangerous point there. Uh, <laughs> that I, I think I was gonna like really misremember some history. But anyways, they they, may, they print money, especially the pass catchers. But is Javante gonna have like the stuff that prints money? I kind of am doubting that. And well, I, I don't know if I still view him as a legitimate top 24 running back. Oh, really? Top 24? Uh, I he is right inside the top 24. He's currently going one spot ahead of DeAndre Swift. How do you feel about that? I, I, I'd rather have Javante. I think I'd rather have Javante. Would you rather have James Conner or Javante? Oh, man, that's hard. Uh, Conner's not good, but that doesn't matter. Um it matters this year. I think that Connor's not good because he's in the worst offense in the league. Like it, the Connor stuff, he can get away with it when they're in a good offense or like a league average offense. I, I think the jig is up for James Connor. This really? Year. Yeah. Well, I, I, I see you talking more and more about Keontae Ingram. So. I am. I am. We, we are folks. We are, I, I, I'm asking him a lot too. Who, by the way, I meant to include in my zero RB article and I forgot. Well, well <laughs> and you say fired. Yeah, yeah, fired. Uh, yeah, I think I'd go with Javante over over Connor. Yeah. Cam Akers or Javante Williams? Cam Akers. What do you think of what's going on with Cam Akers, by the way? I feel like they're trying to steam Kyron Williams again. I can't quite tell oh. what's going on in the Rams' backfield. I'm so I'm so exhausted by Kyron Williams. <laughs> he is one of those players. Just talk. We have to just talk constantly. But I, I feel like I spent – the entire months of November and December 
talking about nothing else last year except for what's his name? <laughs> Kyron Williams. Kyron Williams. Kyron Williams. And, and we had to, oh, he ran 13 routes and he was targeted on three of them. And he saw some snaps in the fourth quarter and he saw one goal line carry. Oh my God. It's tortured. It's tort. It's so tort. Just go with, just go with acres. Seems like it really stuck with you. Wow. I, I, I got, I got frazzled about talking about the Rams backfield last year. I don't, I don't want, I don't want to talk about it anymore. I want to draft acres and I want to be done with it. Kyron Williams, Maybe he's good. Maybe he's not. I say it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And 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 Cam Akers is fully back from his injury from two and a half years ago. Javante, I just yeah, I don't know Javante, man. It seems like Samaji Pirine is going to be too difficult to dislodge on too many important snaps um, for me yeah. to like for me to feel really enthused about Javante Williams as my RB two. There will be enough weeks where he's an RB two though. I think maybe, but. I'm trying to think a little bigger. My RB two. You could argue he's thinking big at your RB two spot since there's still unknown upside with Javante Williams. But yeah, Samaji Piran is too. He's the guy that Sean Payton like went out and got. Right. Um, right. It just seems like I, he's gonna be difficult to dislodge in too many important plays. So I will say just real quick from uh, you know from a standpoint of like you know not having a ton of great running back options on your roster. When Javante Williams falls into like the late fifth or early sixth round, which which I see happen, I'm really into him there. Um, I think that you're you're getting a guy who over the long run, maybe not in week one or two or three, but by week eight or ten or twelve, you could have something like an RB one on your hands, depending on how P Ryan functions or injuries or whatever. Um, but I, I am very into Javante when he slips a little past his ADP. You probably are hoping more for October than September with Javante Williams, which, yeah. which I think can be dangerous in redraft. But you you get you got to make those kind of decisions even in redraft, and it is an interesting point to make with Javante Williams. Danny, the Chiefs receiver court. I was in uh, at a family event over the weekend with a lot of Chiefs fans, and they were like asking me like, "Who is the Chiefs' number one receiver?" And like every person I said, they're like big Chiefs fans. They're poo pooing. I know Kadarius Tony doesn't stay healthy. Uh, Justin Ross. Doesn't stay healthy. Yeah, Sky Moore is terrible. Rasheed Rice, they, my cousin, kind of perked up. Okay. Like, he seems all right. And then he went out and caught eight of nine targets for 96 yards on Saturday evening against the Arizona Cardinals. But Sky Moore, as our own Zach Kruger points out, has had really the most solid usage aside from MVS of any Chiefs receiver. With summary, started both games with the first team offense. He's been in the slot on 16 of tw- his 25 snaps. Zach points out Patrick Mahomes peppers the slot mm-hmm. with targets. Who, where are you landing? Are you drafting any Chiefs receivers? And if so, who are you drafting the most often? I, I'm not. I'm not usually in a position to get Chiefs receivers in the part of the draft where they go. If anybody, I'm interested. I am interested in Sky Moore. I think that there's a lot of reason to think that he's he's going to get every chance to be like the main slot guy for Mahomes. And he's pretty he he's pretty good. Like his profile is actually really hopeful in that he can develop in this offense after a very disappointing rookie season. Of course, last year I think I called him a uh, a Zoomer psyop, which I, I I I don't take back. By the way, Zoomers are are operating on us psycho- psychologically with Sky Moore, Rasheed Rice. Uh, this weekend played eight of twenty snaps with the starters. So just to be clear, the starters for the Chiefs played twenty snaps. Rasheed Rice was in on eight of them. He ran five routes and saw two targets. That's pretty good. 
That actually is pretty good. I I I feel like that is kind of inching close to me, maybe flipping to becoming a Rasheed Rice guy over a Sky Moore guy. But for now, I'm I'm sticking with Sky. I do think people are kind of not in on Rasheed Rice just for kind of silly reasons, mostly because well, they took a second round receiver last year and look what happened. Yeah, I, I mean, but they do tend to like slow play it. They do, and they also have that luxury. They do have that, unless like the guy forces their hand, they have that luxury. Right, exactly, exactly. They they can say, oh, "All right, kid, like you're going to be inactive sometimes. You're going to be returning punts. Like we we may get get the ball to you on a trick play if you're lucky, but yeah. you're not going to be doing <laughs> this every like, down snap like, thing." Like, there's one thing you need to understand, rookie. Uh, Patrick Mahomes can complete 12 passes to Justin Watson and we're still going to win by 17 points. It doesn't matter. Uh, it it actually that. doesn't. Pat, I was actually thinking of this. I was driving to the beach this was this past weekend and for the fifth time this summer. And, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and I was thinking that from Mahomes, it literally doesn't matter. It like actually doesn't matter. And, and because I thought when they lost Tyreek Hill, I guess I think too highly of Tyreek Hill maybe, but I, I think of Tyreek Hill as like a generational type player. And so losing him, you would think, would be a knock on his quarterback. It was not. And actually, he was better without Tyreek Hill, which is unbelievable. And I, I, I know, look, I know Bengals fans and Bills fans, they get so triggered. Every time Mahomes comes up, oh well, we have a quarterback too. You never talk about our quarterback. Well, is they're not a close. They're not even they're in the not. same class. Not not even in the same galaxy as Patrick Mahomes. Last year was scary with Mahomes because the receiver court really was just not good, yeah. and his A dot went way down, and just none of it mattered because everything he does, he does so well. He checks down better than you. He throws deep better than you. He throws no look passes better than you. He scrambles better than you. Even it looks like he. He's like running in a potato sack and should be extremely <laughs> easy true. to like hog tie a tackle. You can't do it. Um, it's so true. That, it. that, Pat, how, why does he look like that when he runs? I don't know. But he, he looks like that when he runs and you can't catch him. No. Whereas like other quarterbacks like that, like Russell Wilson, like why does Russell Wilson look like he's wearing like lead weights around his ankles and getting tackled very easily by defensive linemen? Yeah, like, by a 340-pound yeah. defensive lineman <laughs> who easily tracks him down. Like, I didn't really think Patrick Mahomes could outrun two cornerbacks. Yeah. And he doesn't even look fast. And yet, no. here we are. Doesn't look fast. Looks like looks like a dad. He honestly, look like a dad. Mahomes like looks like a dad. Sky Moore, by the way, is kind of uh, what Patrick Crane talked about as like a drumbeat player where – he had the big play in the playoffs. They placed faith in him in the biggest game of the year. They immediately, I think after the Super Bowl, Andy Reid started talking him up for 2023. Like the week after the game, he's like, Sky Moore deserves a bigger role. Mm. I think I think another coach did. The media did. He looked good in minicamp. He's looked good in training camp. He's getting the usage we like to see in the preseason. So I think there are reasons to be optimistic about Sky Moore where – it was real, real like school of hard knocks for him as a rookie coming from a, a small school, but that he might be ready. He, he, I like, I like taking Sky Moore flyers. I like taking Rasheed Rice flyers too, especially because they're cost nothing. And right. the guy with second round draft capital playing with Patrick Mahomes is intriguing. I, I think, you know, even if you like do a balanced approach to roster building, you can get Sky Moore as like your wide receiver four. I think that's fine. We're going to hit a few more news items. Then we're going to jump into Denny's article on late round zero RB targets. But first, uh, a word from our sponsors. Our sponsors, of course, are us. Are. <laughs> 
There is no better way to start your day than watching one of the biggest stars in baseball in America's biggest city, Shohei Otani, and his Los Angeles Angels teammates take on the New York Mets at City Field this Sunday in MLB leadoff. Catch the action live at 11.30 a.m. Eastern, exclusively on Peacock. And don't forget, find all your favorite NBC Sports shows on Amazon Music. Just head to Amazon.com slash NBC Sports. Denny, you wouldn't know that uh, the Angels have totally tanked since the trade deadline. Um, they have nothing left to play for except making sure I get the buy in my home league. Oh, okay. Uh, Shohei well, Otani, Shohei Otani, batter as he's known. He's two different players on Yahoo, carrying oh, okay. me all summer. And uh, is he I'm, really? Wait, oh wait, you don't get his pitching stats. No, you don't get his pitching. He's two different players on Yahoo. That's insane. It is insane. He's been carrying me all summer, and I will be watching him hit three home runs against the New York Mets. Well, Peacock, you know, I I take some unders on on Shohei in that game because it's like three in the morning for the Angels. I always yeah. take unders on really early day games, and no day games are earlier than our games on Peacock. They, so, I mean, that's got to be miserable for West Coast teams having to play Sunday morning on the East Coast. Woof. It is tough. I'm sure it's and sometimes, yeah, I mean, 1030 in the Central Times. I think they wait until 1130 when we're here in the Central Time Zone. But Shohei Otani on Peacock this Sunday. Oh, a few more news items here. I I wrote Devin A. Shane, shoulder injury. I mean, no one's really been talking about him this summer. <laughs> we yeah. talked about him a lot in the spring. I mean, yeah. Any any Dolphins backfield? Did any Dolphins make your zero RB article? You know, now that you mention it, that would have been a good idea. You know, but uh, did not did not. Think. I wrote up eleven guys. I, I honestly could have wrote, written up like twenty plus. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, oh, and by the way, in those eleven entries, I probably mentioned sixteen to eighteen running backs. So you have your choice. But yeah, Je- I mean Jeff Wilson and Raheem Moster are probably just going to do the split backfield thing again. I think just take your pick. My 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 think, choice yeah, is sorry. Jeff Wilson. My choice is Jeff Wilson just because he'll get I think that he'll get most of the short yardage and goal line work. And and you know, hey, the Dolphins were not bad at rushing the, the ball last year. I think no, they were football focus graded them as like a top eight uh run blocking offensive line, and I think they were top ten in EPA per rush. So if you know, if you can get a little value, squeeze a little value out of that Dolphins backfield, you should do it. Yeah, Jeff Wilson and his projected goal line touches really feel like the only thing I'm comfortable projecting in the Dolphins' backfield right now. And Devin A. Shane, I will say, like the one injury I didn't want to see a small guy suffer in the summer was a shoulder injury. I know. And to have the five foot eight, like hundred eighty pound guy already get his shoulder banged is not a good sign for his NFL career. And so yeah, he's a bust. <laughs> sure, he's quote never played a regular season snap, but he's a bust. <laughs> well, you know they. They're already doing that thing where they're like, you know, we're going to get him the ball. We're I know. Find ways. I know. I know. And, and, and like you talked about with Elijah. So I'm calling this the Elijah Moore from now on. Yeah. I mean, this is this is a red flag. Like, we've been around too long to to fall for this stuff where a team's like, yeah, yeah, definitely. Like he's fast. He's fast and he's fast. Yeah. So if I hear a coach mention a jet sweep with a player, I just like take them off my draft board. That's yeah, that's no good. I you know that that when I know you remember this when the Rams drafted Tavon Austin, the oh, first yeah. thing they did, uh, let's he's a weapon. We're gonna get him the ball in his hands. That's a that's a bust one hundred percent. Like off the bat, you know that that wasn't gonna work out. And then the Cowboys took a second stab at it and created a position that did not exist of web back. Web back. Called Tavon. If you're creating new positions, if you're saying weapon, 
You're saying we got to get him the ball. Uh, yeah, well, all I hear is that we can't get him the ball a normal way. Right. <laughs> so he, so he's bad, but uh, we've we been try to get the ball in his hands. We've been working on shovel passes with Devin Ashing 45 minutes every practice. <laughs> Wow, that seems like a lot. You you know who you know who you never hear that about? You never hear that about Devontae Adams. No, no one no, ever no. said we're gonna find ways to get him the ball. Nobody ever no. has has said that. You know who's gonna find ways to get the ball, Denny, is Ezekiel Elliott. It's just what he does. He's on the New England Patriots. He is the new one B back to Ramondre Stevenson. We were talking about it on the show last week, but I couldn't help but notice a quote over the weekend from Bill O'Brien who said he believed Ezekiel Elliott remained capable of contributing on all three downs. I don't, I don't want to hear I just, I, I don't think we, we're not actually worried about that. Are we, um, what, what, no. what is like a worst case scenario for Zeke's usage? It's probably just like, we're like being scared of our own shadow, right? If we're worried about Zeke taking receptions away from Rondra Stevenson, yeah. please tell me this is the case. Uh, come on, come on guys. Get a hold of yourselves. Honestly, it's, it's, wild to 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 hear this and i see it i see the panic on twitter oh i can't draft Ramondre stevenson anywhere close i'm fine with stevenson's adp i think it's fine L- last year let's see zeke had 17 catches on 23 targets in 15 games guys it was like bad. that's so he's not going to be used in that capacity we know that i don't i'm not you know I, i'm a body positive guy i want to say that i also want to say that I saw Ezekiel Elliott coming out of Patriots training camp, and I don't know if he's up for a three-down role. Really? Looking. So you're saying he went to Cabo and didn't work out this time? I'm I'm saying that he's gonna have to do an Uncle Lenny and cut cut some weight late late in August to you know get back to game shape. But I'm not scared. I'm not scared. I'm fine with Stevenson where he's going. All right. Yeah, I am too. I, I, I'm going to just repeat the line I had with Ramondre last. I think the only thing that really changed with Ramondre is that like that second gear isn't coming this year, but that what we got last year, we can get again, basically. Like people were hoping there was something even more to the insane numbers he posted last year. I think now, like the best case scenario is just repeating last year, but that's totally fine because we would yeah. want him to repeat last year. Well, also because he's. Passes. Yeah, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but yeah, yeah. He, I mean, he's fallen out. He's RB12. Um, right around ETN, right around Brees Hall. I mean, and and that's that's a hard call. Um, I I, I but I have to emphasize, Bill O'Brien loves the screen pass, and Ramondre Stevenson is a really good pass catching back. I will say, when I was on the clock in this fantasy football happy hour mock, I saw Ramondre was falling, and I was way too scared to do it. God. Way way too scared to do it. Don't, don't draft scared, man. Come on. I did. I didn't. I took DJ Moore. No, oh, that's that's scared. Man. He's no, scared. it's not scared. What? They you're you're were, afraid of your own shadow. <laughs> you're acting like it was an amazing pick. Like five I'm kidding. Ago. I'm, I'm the one who, who convinced you on more. You, you know. did. Speaking of being scared of our own shadows, we're afraid to run it back with George Pickens. Because all he did as a rookie was run go routes and asked to win contested balls. And the hype out of Steelers camp is that they're passing more. And then George Pickens has, quote, transformed into a more polished receiver with an expanded route tree. That was the Athletics' Mark Caboli, who – to be fair, uh, is always very bullish on the Steelers. Like when he like dishes out touches, it's always like 800 total touches. <laughs> like, um, and our own John Daigle, or uh, not our own, our former coworker John Daigle, <laughs> like, uh, tweeted that that although that had been the hype that his route tree was changing, that he was apparently running more go routes than ever over the weekend. 
just where are we at, if anywhere, on George Pickens? A guy we talked about probably every show last summer and now barely comes up this year. Yeah, you know, maybe maybe it's a thing where he needed another year to get over his ACL injury from college. Like, like, well, like we've talked about, sometimes it takes two, two and a half, sometimes three years to get over catastrophic injuries. And he, and he certainly had one in college and uh you know maybe he just wasn't wasn't ready last year i i i guess he's fine as like as like kind of a a frustrating boom bust type guy he's gonna make cool catches that that's the thing about george pickens you can take that to the bank okay the kids are saying that i think uh you know you you could take it to the bank george pickens is gonna make a cornerback look silly on the sideline and he has that dog and that's cool but it's a it's the Deontay Johnson show in Pittsburgh. I I, I don't really have any doubt about that. People with Pickens now, th- fantasy has just changed so much. Where all we think about is PPR and like stockpiling receptions. That it dings players like George Pickens who will be there, kind of probably in, in the points chase in the end. But it's like much less predictable. And I just think he's settling into the archetype of the player. Like where some weeks he he could flip your matchup on like three or four catches. Other weeks, you're like, why do I keep taking zeros from George Pickens? And that he's kind of like a PPR casualty where we would be thinking about him differently if it were 10 years ago. We might still be excited mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. his role, even if it was just like this outside win, tough catch catches role that uh, since we're, we've been PPR enlightened, we just don't think about players like George Pickens as much anymore. You say enlightened, I say radicalized. It's yeah. really it's really the same deal. But you, yeah, that's a, that's a great point. I, I a decade ago, maybe more, we would have said, "Got to have Pickens as my wide receiver too." Three, still got to have Pickens. Everyone knows you got to Pickens dog levels. Uh, by the way, you were kind of a you've been dabbling all summer and kind of truthing Kenny Pickett, right? The Kenny Pickett reports remain like really glowing out of Steelers camp. Yeah, what do you make of yeah, this? Yeah, tr- truthing, truthing. You're talking about like the positive truthing. Oh yeah, yeah not sorry, not negative, very positive, yeah. which we all kept laughing at you. Um, yeah I, mostly and, behind your back right well, uh, while i was crying by myself <laughs> in my office so that's why you kept uh, going was, to the beach i was once again crying and coping on the beach <laughs> and Denny went to the beach to cope for three days thought you went with your family no i tried no just by myself just to cope <laughs> it was a coping trip and and yeah i know look the the Steelers offense was actually, and I hate saying this because the Steelers drive me crazy with the old school smash mouth, got to play like Brad Shaw's under center uh, mentality. <laughs> Where he and, leads the league with nine touchdown passes. <laughs> yeah, like that that stuff. Man, I I cannot wait. I hope I live long enough, and I might not, and I might not because Mike Tomlin will coach this team for another at least 50 to 60 years. Uh, I, I hope I live long enough to see – the Steelers try to score points and you know, maybe, maybe that happens this year. I'm not Pickett. I don't think Pickett's actually a good quarterback prospect, but I think the system and the talent around him, including by the way, Jalen Warren, I think that he, he can, you know, come back from a miserable rookie season. And he truly was terrible last year. Kenny Pickett's ceiling. He can maybe get into the Kirk Cousins zone, which yeah. I'm not really trying to damn with faint praise. I don't know if he could ever be quite the compiler Kirk Cousins is, but I feel like a similar overall skill set, maybe a little more athletic than Kirk Cousins. But uh, they're talking about him like he's taking a Cousins type step this summer, where I think he's playing faster, he's distributing the ball better. No one's acting like he has a huge arm still, but he doesn't have like a, it's not like he has a bad arm though. Yeah. Yeah, I know, you know, regular listeners of this show have heard me say this at least 15 times. 
but if you're tuning in because your draft is coming up or whatever, uh, just just know and remember that the Steelers are due for some massive, like earth shattering touchdown regression. Okay. They were so unlucky. And I know that that might be dismissed as, Oh, well, they just don't score touchdowns, but touchdowns are are volatile. Okay. Like it's just, that's just the way touchdowns are very unpredictable. uh, And they didn't score them. Okay. Their, their yards to touchdown ratio was crazy bad. It's going to happen this year. So just keep that in mind as you're, if you're super flex wise getting picket, uh, uh, prioritizing Deontay Johnson, e- even I was going to say Heath Miller, not Heath Miller, Pat Fryer, <laughs> Fryermuth. <laughs> oh, come on, man. Um, you know, come on. It's, it's the Steelers have pitting pretty much the same guys over and over and over. They do. Um, but so the whole team is overdue for positive touchdown regression. And as you alluded to, especially Deontay Johnson, yeah, uh, it's going to happen. That is enough on the news items. I was going to talk about Jalen Hyatt, but I don't know, we've already talked about him a bunch. They need to tell people a little about a little bit about your newest yeah. zero RB article. And then I will guide us through some of the players I want to talk about. Cause I want to connect it to some of the things that happened in the preseason over the weekend. Yeah. So look, I, I know, you know, B. John Robinson had a nice little run against the Bengals. Uh, he avoided a tackler and that, you know, he's going to be good. I'm no, no one saying otherwise. Okay. Uh, Sounds like you're about to say otherwise. No, 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 no. He made a great one-handed catch. Okay, he's the first running back to do that. It's great. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm being a jerk. All right. So, (laughs) look, Tyler Algier is going to be a thing. Okay, like I, I know no one wants to hear it. No, 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 no. No one wants to hear it. I know. No, I don't. I quite literally don't want to hear I it. I get it. I get it. No one. You, you just want to hear it's going to be Bijan, ninety percent snap rate, thirty-five touches a game. That none of that. That's not going to happen. Okay, Arthur Smith, I think is going to surprise us in a not so great way with the way he uses Bijan Robinson and Tyler Algier. Algier was good last year. Not that it matters. And matter. yeah, you don't need to be good. Everyone knows that. And but he is the clear RB two. So his contingency value in that stubbornly run heavy Atlanta offense is just too much. It's too much for me. I cannot leave a draft. If I leave a draft without Algier, I feel like I've I failed. So Algier is the cover guy for this for this piece for that reason. It went into coughing, coughing convulsions when you started talking about Tyler Algier and was, was muted most of that talk because um, I was so outraged. But the contingency value is super high with Tyler Algier. I will say my zero RB or like insurance back uh, approach is usually I want some people that have like a plausible path to standalone value. Mm. I want people that have like some standalone value, even if it's like an RB four or five, who then become like an RB two or maybe RB one if someone gets injured. I don't really see standalone value for Tyler. Really? Would you not really arguing he has standalone value? But I, I think the best zero RB targets have some standalone value. I'm not saying they, they by the definition they can't all have sure. some standalone value. But I don't think. Do you think Tyler Algier has any standalone value? You know, I, I've seen that argument actually. You know, our former colleague John Daigle, who we're going to cite at least six times on this podcast, um, he 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 talks. He's tweeted X, whatever we're saying. Uh, uh, a lot about um, about Algier having standalone value. Now, with it, I think that you can build a team where you really don't need that, you know, unless it's like super deep and that's a lot of flex spots. But like, I don't, when I'm drafting Algier, I'm not saying, oh, I'm going to plug him into the flex and wait till yeah, yeah, Bijan yeah. misses time. I'm not doing that. Okay. But I do, I do think that he's, he's a great late round guy. Should I go on to my next guy? Well, let me ask you about a next guy because 
DeAndre Swift it made waves in the fantasy community. They rested him against the Browns for the Eagles' second preseason game. Yeah. And now everyone's like, it was always DeAndre Swift. Everyone knows this. That's like what was the tenor of the comments on DeAndre Swift over the weekend where I still feel like we don't really know this. And we're still getting lots of Rashad – or excuse me, of Kenneth Gainwell smoke signals. We're still getting negative Rashad Penny smoke signals. Uh, the Athletics' Bo, Bo Wolf, who's a fan of the site, really good account on Twitter. Check him out, Bo, W-U-L-F. He's still casting his lot with Kenneth Gainwell. He thinks he's going to leave his backfield and touches. You have Kenneth Gainwell as a zero RB target in your article. I mean, yeah. the case in some ways is self-evident, but take talk us through the zero RB Kenneth Gainwell argument. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, Gainwell's going as RB 53, first of all. So it's not like you have to make a hard decision on Gainwell. You just you just get him like near the end of your at the end of your draft that's a pretty uncomplicated strategy just get you can just get the player i like that strategy yeah i mean that that's actually really cool i i will say really cool thing about when you just go full zero rb is spending your last like four or five picks on just guys who are there and like like nobody else <laughs> wants them nobody wants game well that's what i've been doing with counter ingram really hope he's a thing yeah <laughs> really hope he's a thing you know and so you're just like okay like you know people are scrambling for wide receivers or whatever and i'm not saying that I, I never like build a bad team. I do occasionally, but, but, uh, but yeah, game was just sitting there. I, I think that the ADPs for the uh, Eagles running backs are all mixed up. I, 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 I think Penny should not be going nearly as high as he's going. He might not make the team. I do think Penny might not make the team. There, okay. there are some troubling signs there. And a guy who said just really catastrophic orthopedic injuries. That's what I was trying to think of. There earlier. you go. Or about orthopedic injuries. Yes. Sorry. And, and uh, you know, I, I, I don't – I refuse to believe that DeAndre Swift is going to emerge as the guy he was supposed to be in Detroit. I, I just – I think if a coaching staff gives up that easily on a guy uh, after, what, two or three years, whatever it was, it was then – Yeah, I, I think we can safely not write him off completely, but write him off as, like, a, a fantasy viable three-down guy. That, that's just not happening. I do want to say real quick, though, Jalen Hurts being in this backfield with these running backs, man, that hurts a lot. Like, I, I, I didn't mean that as a, that was as a joke. A, that was a good pun there. Uh, but, but, but it, it, I mean, it does. Like, he, he's an unstoppable force inside the 10-yard line by himself. He's not going to be giving it to running backs in that area. And that, that, that dings them a lot. And DeAndre Swift, I just I realized while you were talking, he's basically in the Chase Edmonds zone, like, Mm-hmm. A hell of a player between the 20s. Yeah, sure, whatever. You know, give him third down touches between the 20s. Let him catch the ball. Never give him any uh, snaps of import in the yeah. red zone, of course. Yeah. And, and two, he's between the 20s, but he's not the only guy between the 20s. There's still other guys getting touches between the 20s. Uh, it, it is intriguing that he's in you know, maybe the best overall offense in the NFL, not including Patrick Mahomes, and I guess not including the Bengals either. But maybe the most ex- – like like most intelligently designed yeah. no pun intended there oh uh, come on no it politics was, it was sent from god the eagles offense <laughs> um but like he was already in an elite offense last year and uh it's i too i just feel like too he's gonna be typecast like they know that like his absolute ceiling for weekly touches is 12 to 15 he cannot exceed that or he immediately gets injured and they, yeah, this is like a Chase Edmonds special waiting yeah. to happen. I, I think twelve to fifteen is generous, honestly. I, it I, probably I would, is. I would put more eight and eight to ten touch range. So then, uh, what's the pro case for Gainwell? By the way, 
well, just that, that he's there and free. Well, yeah, and also, you know, he has a year of experience in the offense. The the coaches talk him up all the time. They, I mean, they, they could not. I'm sorry, I'm going to repeat something I said. Sorry to interrupt, yeah. but they couldn't. They couldn't like not restrain themselves from giving him important snaps last year. Like anytime right. there's an important situation, like, get on the field. Yeah, yeah, uh, and and so I, I I think the Gainwell is going to see an ADP jump once Penny is released or cut or whatever. Yeah. Um, Man, I don't know if I'll get cut, but and uh, you know, and and so I think that that's that, that you have to get if you're if you're drafting this weekend, get him, get get Gainwell. You know, you just drop him. You just drop him yeah. if, he, if he proves to to not be a thing. It's well, okay. I'm taking notes, you can, drop, <laughs> you can drop players. <laughs> you can simply drop a player. Yeah, oh, I'm calling my wife. Right? Did you hear about this? What did you said on the podcast? Uh, one of this phone is not on, and you've never once listened to one of my podcasts. How about some support? <laughs> well, no. at least we're not at least we're not live no, yeah no uh yeah my wife will quote never listen to a fantasy football podcast uh, yeah, but yeah kenny gainwell gotten him in a lot of teams and then yeah if he doesn't touch the ball in the first two weeks i'm just gonna cut him yeah you have a lot of players you want to talk about but i want to talk about the houston texans or damian pierce was a guy who was really hyped last year mostly lived up to the hype Played every snap with the Texans' first-team offense over the weekend. The fantasy heads have really been talking about this, maybe being like a 75% snap player, getting more third-down snaps than he got last year. But yet, curiously, you talk about Devin Singletary in this article. Why is that, Denny? That's true. Well, Singletary is going about 42 rounds after uh, Damian Pierce. Get so that, that, that's why that's why I'm talking about Singletary. I I again, like with Algier, I am certainly not drafting Singletary and being like I can squeeze some flex value out of him. If I have to play him in the flex, I'm done anyway. You are you are cooked. Okay, even in like a 14 teamer, you are cooked. That's not happening. I do want to emphasize something that I mentioned on this podcast three to ten weeks ago, uh, which is that uh, no one was a worse uh, worse graded pass blocking <laughs> running back. Than Damian Pierce per PFF last year, and no one was better than Singletary. I know you hate to hear this, okay? But I'm pretty sure the Texans said, "Holy cow, we need we need a running back who can block," uh, and they got Singletary. So contingency value, I like it a lot with Singletary because he, I think, he would be the locked in three down back for a Houston offense. By the way, who I kind of don't hate. I know it, it is easy to be a little excited about them just because the scenery has done changed. It does. Uh, they, it has. they brought in a shanty system. They've added intriguing pieces all over, but probably going to take a year to come together. Um, it's not the worst offense in the league. I'll say that. Um, I think the Panthers setup is worse this year than yeah. Panthers are probably really Texans. bad. Yeah, Panthers have the worst overall setup. The whole the Panthers' entire plan is basically like, well, really hope Bryce Young's a superstar, which he might be. Yeah. Yeah, I know probably you, too small. Yeah, probably too small. What a surprise. <laughs> Damian Pierce, about the RB18, um, either an underdog or the more normal services like Yahoo, ESPN, etc. Mm-hmm. Damian Pierce or Miles Sanders, Danny Carter? Yeah, I mean, come on. Pierce. Pierce all day. Yeah, Thank God. Damian Pierce or J.K. Dobbins? Pierce. I think I will. T- I don't really understand Dobbins' ADP. Like people are like really overreacting to like a fairly standard holdout. Like he's not hurt. Um, the whole offensive is, like environment should be so much better for the Ravens. I'm, 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 
for better or worse, I am taking J.K. Dobbins in almost every managed league I'm in. It, it, I, I, it's hard to get a, a read on the Dobbins situation. It is. It is. It I, is. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised, honestly, if he's a healthy scratch. No, get out of here. No, don't put that out there. No. They, no, 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 no. Like truly, no. Like that is actually not in the range of outcomes. No, all right. No, no, it's not. But I mean, they don't need him. Don't scare. Yeah, they do. They really need him. Do you see what happened last year? They don't. They, 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 they have, actually really need him. They have Gus, Gus Edwards. He's the, he's he's better than Dobbins. Gus Edwards can't move side to side, and they don't have a third down back. They actually badly need J.K. Dobbins. Well, like badly. I mean, he was good. He was really. I think I wrote earlier what this happened, off. What happened? How good yeah, I he thought you loved him. I, I did. I, I've I've cooled. I've cooled on him. I'm allowed. I, I'm, I'm viewing J.K. Dobbins as an opportunity because his ADP has been crashing across the board, and I'm scooping him up just about everywhere. Yeah. I mean, I would rather have Dobbins than Madison, who's going right after him. I wanted to. I know you've got so many guys you want to talk about this article, but I had to ask about Jalen Warren, who had like probably the biggest splash play of the weekend. I think it was a 62-yard touchdown. It was a long one, yeah. Remember, was it a pass or a run? It, it was a pass. It was a reception. I thought it was a, a dump off of some sort. Najee Harris, you know, I feel like for like the ninth straight year, we're all like everyone's saying he's going to be a bust, and for the ninth straight year, we will be correct <laughs> that he's going to be a bust. Uh, but do you think so, Jalen Warren? kind of an open and shut zero RB case, but make the case and also a zero RB target who I think unquestionably has standalone value. Yes. I knew he's the one like, like Warren is the one who, if you need standalone value, you go ahead and, and, and you, and you take him and you hope that that Warren just dominates the pass catching role and that Harris is used as sort of a, you know, like a, like a Jerome Bettis type specialty back. Right. So he, Najee Harris is going to score all the touchdowns, whatever. Just just accept that. Um, Najee Harris also doesn't miss time. Like he plays through injuries. He's a very tough guy. So I don't I don't think that you can bank on Warren just becoming this like twenty touch per week guy. Uh, but he is he's efficient. He's good. The PPR value is there. So if you're if you are committed to zero RB, like really if you go in on it. I think that Warren is Warren and Algier strike me as must gets in that situation. Uh, I'll let you talk about one more player from article. Who do you want to talk about? Well, let's see. Let's see. I have 11. So really it's endless. I kind of um, wanted you yeah. to talk about Roshan Johnson. Cause he had a play over the weekend too. That yeah. Were, uh, yeah. It's just like, uh, I wrote up Roshan and I mentioned Deontay Foreman as a guy. He's also a guy. Okay. And he's playing in the bears backfield. Um, Roshan's still third on the depth chart. Okay. Like, and he started fourth, like they're, they're, they're putting him through like the, 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 the rookie, uh, thing, like, like, like the ringer, they're like, okay, you gotta, you gotta work your way up rook. Um, and, but I think he will, because I know I said, it, this doesn't matter, but he's really good. Like he was really amazingly good as a pass catcher and a rusher. In it does not matter. I know. God, it doesn't. Why, do, why can't I just stick to that? I, 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 <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, and and uh, Khalil Herbert, like I mentioned, like never never been a workhorse. I think that this Bears this Bears uh, backfield will be very frustrating. And like with Jalen Hurts, Justin Fields just torpedoes their upside. Okay, all of, all of these guys, like they're not they're not going to score any short touchdowns. That's that's all Fields, whether he's throwing it or whether he's he's running it in. Uh, so that that does hurt, and you're going to have to be patient with Roshan Johnson. 
but I, I think that he's well worth just just putting at the bottom of your roster and waiting it out, waiting to see how it unfolds. Maybe Herbert misses time. Maybe both both Foreman and Herbert miss time, and 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 Roshan can. I think he he's the kind of guy who can get it done on like twelve touches. Yeah, yeah. he's a talented enough player in an uncertain enough backfield where I like this making a bet on talent. And a bet on like the the touches vacuum in their backfield that like by October first he could already be like the guy getting the most work. I mean, Khalil Herbert is he's like I feel like one of the biggest wild cards in fantasy this year. He has a really wide range of outcomes. He does. He does. Um, he can make me look really foolish. I will it's, say it's it's a it's a it's a vacuum in that Bears backfield, and we need more information. We're not going to get it on the show because we're done for the day. Um, we should just wait. We should just keep keep recording until we get more information. Yeah, we should. Well, yeah, we're going to stay here for the next seventy two hours. <laughs> Danny, I hope you don't have to go to the bathroom ever. I just, I just went. <laughs> don't, <laughs> oh no, that was <laughs> way too good of an ad lib. Uh, yeah, so check out Denny's zero RB article. Check out your earlier zero RB article, kind of re-explaining the principles of zero RB yeah. to people who may have not been familiar. Keep it locked to the site all week. It's a big week, the final week before cutdowns. We're heading into the final preseason week. Going to be a lot of good personnel and roster-type nuggets on rotoworld.com. So for Denny Carter, I'm Patrick Darty. Thank you for listening. We will be back on Thursday.